You're listening to The Big Show with George Russick and Matty Rose on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Hour three. It's The Big Show, Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960, The Fan, live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio at the bottom of the hour. Your chance to win a $50 gift card from VK Bruco and some swag as we play Impossible Flames Trivia. Yep. Maybe it'll involve our next guest who's in the oh, studio. Wow, look at you. That, uh, that'd he, be really impossible. Uh, he is uh, the member, a member of the 1989 Stanley Cup champion Calgary Flames here to talk about the Breaking Free Foundation Poker Tournament, which goes this Saturday at Ace Airport Casino at 3 p.m. Colin Patterson. Hello, oh. sir. How are you? Good, guys. Um, Thanks for having me on. No Thanks problem. Thanks for coming down. Thanks for coming down. Uh, I, told this, uh, I told this to Rick Natras um, friend of yours, uh, fellow Stanley Cup champion. I'm going to tell you the same thing. Um, thanks for breaking my heart when I was a child when you guys beat my Montreal Canadiens in the 89 Cup Final. I thanks th- for making me cry, uh, Colin. Uh, you were probably the only guy from Ontario that wasn't a Leafs fan. So yeah, I'm sorry for that. Though. Yeah. Well, are you really? You're not sorry at all, are you? <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> no, you're not at all. And uh, as uh, Rick Natra said, it was my pleasure, bud. <laughs> Uh, breaking my heart. Uh, Does that surprise you at yeah, all? No, that was, doesn't surprise yeah. me at all. Yeah, it, it was my pleasure, but um, do you, um, are there times, you know, maybe it's a rainy day in Calgary, Colin, the weather is the best, that you go on YouTube and watch the games? When's the last time you watched game six? Whoa. Well, you know what? Uh, it was during COVID, and the Flames oh, nice. had an event. Uh, they did a Zoom call, and we had, I think we had like seven or maybe maybe ten guys on, and it was for their fan base. And we watched the game, and then we sort of threw comments back and forth. Little did we know that we were on the mic live all the time. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. So it got to some conversation. My wife actually ran down and was like, you know, you might want to cut it. Uh, this is live. I can, I can hear this, just not from the basement. And all the guys were like, oops, you know, we better watch what we're saying. Um, and, and that was one of the guys too that uh, he had to go up to go to the bathroom and really announced it in a, in a professional way. Oh, good. Yeah. yeah, I know. Um, I know it, it's been it's been mentioned a lot, but I wanted to ask you how was how did you sleep the night before Game Six? Uh, you know what? You didn't sleep a whole lot. Uh, obviously, lots of thoughts going through your mind. Like, about, how much are you fantasizing winning the well, Stanley Cup the night before? You are, and and you're thinking about it. You're thinking about everything you got to do in the game, and you know what what you need to do personally to make an impact in that game. And you're thinking about it. You're thinking about, boy, you know, if we win, what do you do? You know, <laughs> where, you know, where you are on the ice, all those things, you know, yeah. when you get the cup and all that you think about, uh, you try and push it off because you realize you got to play. And, and that's the big thing, you know, the, usually you have an afternoon nap, you know, I, I room with Mike Vernon at the time. So, uh, we were both just sitting there, you know, lying in the, you know, in our beds, yeah. just sort of staring at the staring ceiling. at the ceiling. Yeah. yeah, you know, not really sleeping. Then we're like, "What time is it?" Okay, well, we get another half hour. Oh, you know, another twenty minutes. You know, it, it was like every five minutes we're looking at the clock. It seemed was well, that different from other games in the postseason? Because like I was listening to Lavello, who's doing the World Series. He's the manager for the Diamondbacks, and he yeah. said he was up to three thirty yesterday. And I was like. Wouldn't you be up to like three thirty every night after a game? Like I feel like it would be very hard to get to sleep just in that entire series, not just before the clinching game. Yeah, uh, you know, after the games, it's very tough. You know, when you get back to the hotel and you're, you know, you're wired up. You're thinking about, you know, if you won or lost. I mean, 
you know, there's different emotions either way, but you're still thinking about the game, and, and it is tough. It's tough to get to sleep, and it's tough to, you know, get a, a good rest, and then all of a sudden you're up for, you know, 9 or 10 o'clock skate the next morning, too. Mm-hmm. So those don't go away. So, yeah, you, you know, it is tough, but you have to mentally focus and get your mind around it and prepare yourself. And well, now, now I have to ask you, like, you're rooming with the starting goaltender of the team. Like, were you like, hey, Vernie, please get some sleep. We need you tonight. Like, well, well, what were you, were you trying to sing him a lullaby? Like, how, how did that work? Yeah, that's what I used now? to do every night was sing him a lullaby and leave a saucer of milk outside the door yeah, for him. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you remember what you had to eat that day? Uh, I love this is fascinating to me because I'm sure you remember every detail of that day. That's why I'm asking you these questions. What did you have for breakfast? What did you have for lunch? Like, what was your day like that day? I mean, the day is, you know, a normal game day. Um, you wake up, you go down, you know, I would have a, a very light breakfast. So I would have, uh, you know, a, a bagel with some cream cheese. And, mm. you know, I wasn't drinking coffee back in those days. I am now, but. Um, you know, have an orange juice and maybe uh, water, and then mm-hmm. you're off to the rink. You get your morning skate in, and then you're back. And you know, we we would have team meals during playoffs. Uh, tr- traditionally, we didn't have them all through the year, but during playoffs, you would. So I would have my uh, chicken. You know, I'd have a uh, baked chicken. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, lunch and uh, some potatoes, and get ready for the rest of the day. And that would be it. And then you go back, you try and have your nap. And, you know, unfortunately, as I said, you know, during those times, you weren't really sleeping well. So right. you're up and you're thinking about the game. You're waiting for the game and you couldn't wait. Who was the most nervous guy in the room that day? Oh, you know, I don't know. Was it Lanny? No, Lanny, you know, I mean, it was funny, uh, you know, in Montreal, the the dressing rooms are not fantastic in the right. old form. You yeah. Know, you got to remember, it'd be like going to a, a, a local rink now. It'd be like the Flames room now. I'm no, no, kidding. Flames Room was still <laughs> great. Still I'm just great. kidding. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it was really small. We actually probably used, you know, two rooms because we had a bunch, you know, we had all our guys there. Yeah. And I sat uh, beside Lanny. We had a pillar sort of in between us. And, you know, he just looked at me and he said, you, you know, I scored my first goal here. I want to score my last one here. No and, way. Yeah. And he, you know, and I didn't realize, you know, at the time that, you know, he, you know, ended up retiring after that. Yeah. But that was but sort he of knew. foreshadow. Yeah. And then I said, you know, boy, I have, I just want to stay out of the good players' way. <laughs> you know, and yeah. if I can, if I can add anything, if I get a goal, it'd be a miracle, which it did happen. So it was. Yeah. Now, uh, going, what was it like going around Montreal during that series? Were you guys getting called out by Montreal fans? Were they noticing you guys as much, or, or were you able to kind of lay low? What was kind of the game plan when you were in Montreal? Uh, you know what? We sort of laid low, and yeah. you know, I mean, business trip. It was a business trip. It was a big business trip. But, you know, people would come up to you. There would be some people that would uh, talk to you. But it wasn't uh, a hostile feeling at all. Uh, you know, mm. we lost to Montreal in 86. Right. And so when we did win, it was really neat because their fans stood around or stayed around and clapped for us. Mm. And much like our fans did for Montreal in 86. So that was pretty neat. Did you, was there quite a few Flames fans there for you guys? Uh, there were a bunch. I mean, mostly family mm-hmm. and, and friends. And that was pretty neat. Um, but you know, I mean, all that stuff sort of goes aside once we won everything, you know, it's, it's becomes a bit of a blur. You know, people ask me, when did you get the cup? You know, was there an order? There was no order to get it after Lanny. Um, and I, you know, I truly don't remember. I think I got it from Rick Natras actually. And you know, when you have it, you're so excited and thrilled. Like I couldn't tell you where I was on the ice, yep. you know, to get it. Uh, I've seen some clips since, so <laughs> you can figure that out. But at right. the time you didn't know. And then. All of a sudden, you know, everything's going. And that was when they had that, uh, I'm going to Disney World for, yeah. uh, you know, the person who won the Conn Smythe, which was Al McInnes. 
So Al had to get the cup and he had to do, I think, two runs, you know, I'm going to Disney World with oh, yeah. the cup. And <laughs> so, so then we all sort of lined up for that picture, which that picture wasn't, uh, you know, it was started by the Oilers. So this was probably the second or third year this had happened. So everybody gathers in for the team picture. Yeah. Meanwhile, when we're doing that, we've got like three guys in the dressing room already, you know, <laughs> Joel Otto, Rick Plomsky, and there's somebody else. So they're not in the picture. Right. So hmm. they're, they're sitting in the dressing room. They're looking at the TV going, oh, you know, I guess it's a little late to get out there for that one. Uh, 1989 Stanley Cup champion Colin Patterson joining us here in studio. Big show, Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960, the fan. Take me through your first period goal. Uh, well, you know, it was, I'd, I'd have to go back a bit for the uh, story of it if we have another half hour. Um, no, anyways, a couple Much of buddies. Much time as you want. Yeah, yeah, a couple of buddies of mine had a, a company where they bought and sold sticks. They buy, you know, 24 30 dozen sticks and they would break them up and sell them to mom and pop shops. They had this idea in 1988 to come up with Hespler, which was a stick when I was a kid. And, but the name was the name of a town. So the stick had to go away, but the town was merging with Galt, Ontario. So the name Hespler came back. And in 1988, they came to me and they said, listen, if we get a stick, we're going to bring the Hespler name back. Would you use it? I said, absolutely. Um, fast forward about, uh, 10 months later, uh, we're sitting in the dressing room, May 25th, uh, about 9, 9 a.m., and this little French guy comes in the dressing room, pardon my, you know, uh, accent, he goes, hey, is there a Colin Patterson here? Yeah. And I said, you know, I jump up, I go, yeah, you know, I never get anything, right? He goes, I right. got a package for you. I go, this is super, right? So I grab the package. It sticks, so I'm holding them up. I'm going, yeah, yeah, and I, you know, I open them up, the Hesplers. I go, the Hesplers are here, the Hesplers are here. Well, I look at the stick, and I'm like, Man, I could have carved a better stick out of a tree in my backyard. <laughs> but oh, but I've made such a big thing about it, I, I got to use the stick. So I go out, you know, in morning skate, and I can't hit the net. I'm going, well, you know, I just, you know, try and try and just relax, get the puck dumper in. That's that was my game, and <laughs> yeah. move, move it up the ice and give it to Joe Mullen, Doug Gilmore. They'll take care of the rest. So yeah. uh, first period, Dana Merson dumps the puck in. Chris Chelios knocks it down. I snag the puck and. I'm looking at Patrick Waugh. He's flashing the leather top shelf. I'm going top shelf, and uh, I'm walking in. It's like two old gunslingers in the Old West, and I snap it, and sure enough, it goes in. And I go, I don't know who was more surprised, him or myself, on the bottom stick hand side. Tricked ya. But it was the only goal in the first period, and back in the day, that's when they took the picture for all the press and yeah. all the newspapers. Um, so it, you know, it had the Hespler stick right on it. So that was great. It was great advertisement for them. Incredible. Um, before obviously, uh, Gilmore into the empty net to seal things, uh, was it the power play goal when he scored in the third period? He like, we got this, like we're up three, one now, like this is ours. Like we're like you, you staring at the clock, like just take me through what it's like to be on the bench after Gilmore scores on the power play in the third period. Yeah. When we're up three, one, we're going, uh, you know what? we're going we're gonna to win this. You know, you wholeheartedly believe that. But, you know, you know there's time on the clock and you're watching it. You know, you you go up for your shift and you go out. You just don't do anything wrong. Don't make any mistakes. How much you know, was get Coach the Chris yelling at you guys oh, after he was, that 3-1 he, goal? Yeah, he was, uh, well, before the 3-1 goal, at the yeah. 0-0 he was yelling. So. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty standard, yeah. Yeah, yeah mm. but it was, you know, I mean, uh, the final couple minutes and then they come back and they score a goal, which, you know, in today's game would be disallowed. And in our game, it should have been disallowed. You know, Claude Lem- Lemieux hits Vernie and mm. uh, Rick Green shoots it from the point and, and scores, you know, it was goalie interference. But, you know, you realize that and you, you keep plugging away. And, you know, then the time ticks down. And when Doug put her in the empty net, and I, I was on the ice for that, 
uh, it was a, a pretty neat moment. You know, we, you know, when you get that goal and you realize we're going to win the Stanley Cup. Yeah. It's just a, is it like an out of body experience? It is. You know, it's, it really is. And then uh, when the game was coming to a, a close, uh, we had a face off in there, and and Crispy was screaming at me to come to the bench, and uh, you know, I go. Even I couldn't screw this up. <laughs> We're up to, we got, there's 15 <laughs> seconds left, right? We got right. phase off in there, and and he, I go, yeah. What do you want? He goes, get me the puck after the game. I go, okay, I'll do that. Awesome. So game ends, and who gets the puck? Claude Lemieux, and I'm like going to get it. He shoots it down the ice. So now I got to go skate around. I got to go get the puck. So when you watch the, you know, everybody jumping on people, and you know, everything, I'm late to the party there because <laughs> I got to get this puck for crispy. But it was it was pretty surreal, awesome. and you know, it was just the the emotion of it, and the fact that you know we had it, it didn't happen overnight for us, right? That team right. had been built oh, yeah. for a long time. You know, we had. You know, we had a lot of great friends on that team too, because we'd all played together for so long, mm-hmm. and that was uh, it was very special. And uh, yeah, I thought we'd do it again. I thought we'd win two or three, but we only won one, and I- I'm grateful for that. Uh, where's the Hespler stick now? Uh, the Hespler stick is in the garage right now. Mm, okay. uh, there's one. Uh, there's you know we had a couple of them, but the one that I actually scored the goal yeah. was in my garage. Yeah. I gave mm. my parents a stick. Uh, that I had autographed by everybody on the team. Awesome. And, and I came home and uh, I saw my nephew out playing ball hockey. And I look, I go, well, that stick looks familiar. <laughs> sure enough, it was this stick from the, oh, you know, it wasn't the goal one, but it was another one that yeah. I had. I was like, mm, I, I might want to take this one and put yeah. it back in the house. Uh, yeah. You might yeah. want to put that in a case. Yeah. That yeah. might be valuable yeah, at some day, point yeah. down the road. Yeah. Uh, that one's tough. <laughs> um I mentioned Rick Natras, and uh, he used to tell me how hard Al McKinnis used to shoot the puck. Oh, yeah. Tell us how insane it was in practice, because uh, Rick used to, he used to call him Chopper. Yeah, uh, because Al Yeah, because the, the puck, he just didn't know sometimes where it went. Like, how hard did that guy shoot the puck? And yeah. how, how crazy was it just to watch him? Well, it, it was great watching him. It was, yeah. it was crazy being in front of the net in a game when he's yeah. shooting. Yeah. And everybody would be like, you know, because everybody's cross-checking and there's battles out front. But when he got the puck and was winding up for a shot, everybody was paying attention. Yeah. Like, I mean, even guys on the other team, and you'd be dodging one way or the other. And, uh, but he had a fantastic shot. I remember uh, we were going down in Montreal in, I think it was game uh, four. And uh, it was a two-on-one with he and myself. And he's looking, you know, he was looking to pass to me, and I was like, hmm. He might want to shoot it. <laughs> yeah. You know, the old <laughs> adage, you know, two on one, take a look, see your width, then shoot the puck. Mm. You right. know, and he did, thank God, and he scored. Yeah. You know, because I was going, oh, man, if, if he feeds me and I miss it, yeah. <laughs> like, what a bad play that's going <laughs> to be. <laughs> Who was your biggest rival in that run? And was it someone in the final or was it someone earlier before that? Like, as a team? Just you. Oh, just me personally? Yeah, I, who you know did what? you hate on that 89 Habs team? I wouldn't have said well, hate. I said, who, hey, who was your was biggest Claude rival? Lemieux, it was Claude Lemieux, but, right? Uh, no, you know what? For me, it wasn't Claude Lemieux. I mean, I all those guys were pretty good. We didn't play them a ton during the season. Right. But you play them, you know, in the playoffs, you start to get, you know, a, a little bit of a history with them. So, you know what? I mean, I always liked Guy Carboneau mm. because he was a really good player. So one of the best two-way players of our era. Uh, but you know what? You hated playing against him mm-hmm. because he was good. And, you know, and he was, he kept coming, coming, and coming. So, you know, as far as guys you, you really disliked, uh, maybe Claude Lemieux, but he hadn't become as, you know, much of a pest as he was later right. on in his career at that point. 
Was there anybody that was like sneaky chippy? Like we talk about Rasmus Dahlin when he comes through the flames here, uh, when he came through here last year. He's a physical guy, but he does a lot of stuff behind the play that's kind of sneaky chippy. Was there anybody like that that kind of comes to mind? Yeah, nobody comes to mind like that. Mm. I mean, the game was, I mean, everybody was chippy at some point and everybody Mm -hmm. was hard to play against. And yeah, I mean, there was nobody that really stood out to me if, you know, so no, I, I couldn't say anybody in particular. Hmm. Uh, that's Colin Patterson, member of the 1989 Calgary Flames, the team that, hey, they won the Stanley Cup. Uh, big show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, the fan. Uh, Want to get your opinion on uh, this year's edition of the team and watching them so far, Colin. I think the number one thing is just maybe lack of confidence offensively. Like how hard is that as a player when you lose that confidence you know, to be creative, to shoot the puck, to find those holes on a goaltender. Like, how hard is that to get over mentally if you're this team right now? Yeah, I think it is tough, you know, when you get into a bit of a slump and, you you know, you're trying to figure your way out. You think, oh, there's one magic bullet, <clears throat> excuse me, that's going to, you know, cure it. But it isn't, you know, it's it's hard work. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and they got to play with, you know, a little bit of angst, uh, you know, and, and get out there and just play. Uh, you know, I, I've noticed a, a bunch of things that they've been, you know, doing where there's a lot of times where they're, they're giving the puck up in their own end, especially, you know, instead of making the perfect play, just get the puck out, go after it, right. you know, simplify the game. And if you can do that and, and have a really good work ethic, which I think that might be part of it where you're going, uh, they're working, they're trying to work hard, but are they working smart? I don't think they are. Um, I think they got to get back to basics. I think, you know, you guys have talked about, you know, maybe sitting out guys are doing stuff. Um, I think when you look at their team and I go, to me, one of their best players has been Walker Dewar. Mm-hmm. Walker Dewar, if you look at his play and the energy he brings and the speed and, you know, even his points for, for the amount of time he's got on the ice, you know, hey, he should be moving up. And that's what you got to do is reward guys who are working hard for you. And then the other guys see that and they're, they're going to respond to that. Mm-hmm. They had the Heritage Classic. Unfortunately, the result didn't go their way. But how can that springboard them into like this next little stretch here, just being the event that it was, the whole family event? How do you think that can help the team? Yeah, I think that that could be a good you know building base for that team. And you know they've got a few new guys, not a tremendous amount of new guys, but that always helps build some you know bond between the the members of the team. You, you know you see other people's families, you get an idea of what they've gone through and who they are. Um, I think that's a positive. Um, I think the one thing they got to come away with that is, you know, they didn't play well that game. Um, to me, you know, the mental preparation for each game has to be at a professional level, at a top level. So if you're on the power play, you got to be ready from, you know, 1959 of that first period because, you know, if there's one second and there's a penalty, you guys got to be ready to go. You got to be mm-hmm. mentally prepared. You got to be ready and focus to, to go help your team, not maybe, you know, score is one thing, but get the momentum. And when I watched the, you know, five, it was five on four and they got a five on three and they didn't really generate a ton of opportunities on that first one where that could have changed the whole outcome of the game. Even if they didn't score, even if they would have got a lot of pressure, a lot of momentum, it would have helped them for the next one. Obviously they scored late in the next five on three, but you don't get many five on threes Mm -hmm. in, in the game today. And, but when you do, you got to take advantage of it and you got to be prepared for it. And I just think that, you know, every player's got to be ready and, and tell themselves, you got to look in the mirror and go, 
I'm ready for this game, no mm-hmm. matter what my role is going to be. If I'm going to get three shifts and one of them isn't the first shift of the game, I got to know what I got to do. And if I'm going to be, you know, on the power play, if I'm going to be penalty killing everything, you got to be prepared and ready for it because they go through all their meetings. They, they do a ton of meetings, you know, they got a lot of information in front of them. So they, they need to be prepared and they got to bring your effort for 60 minutes. You can't have an effort for, you know, two periods or one period, not in today's game. You got to be there 60 minutes. And, and then and any day that that was the case, you know, Ryan Husk has had a tough start to his head coaching career. Um, what would be some advice from Colin Patterson for Ryan Huska at this point of the season? Boy, I, you know, I mean, my advice, and I really like Ryan. I think he's a great coach. Is you know what? Uh, don't play payers or play the players by what you're paying them. You know, you're already sunk. Your team is sunk for whatever the the full cost is. Play the guys who are playing good that night, and you know, use those players, and mm. that will help the other. You know higher end players, you know, step it up a bit because, you know, if you're making the biggest money, it doesn't mean you're the best player every night, you know, consistently, it traditionally does mean you're the best player, but there's guys who have great games who might not be the best player and you got to take advantage of those. And that will help push those other guys up a notch. Um, obviously, um, it, it's been a frustrating season for Huberto and Kadri, And you mentioned about play the guys and not the salaries, but that's just the reality of today's game, right? Like you played in an era where there wasn't a hard salary cap, but uh, if those, if your 17 total million dollar players aren't producing, you're in trouble in today's league. It's just the reality of the situation. And I know fans on the text line calling were saying, oh, you know, maybe, you know, healthy scratch them, let them watch a the game for the press box. Well, that just doesn't happen in today's game. I don't even think it happened when you played in the league. Well, yeah, it, it's very rare. And I, I wouldn't say sit those guys, but you know what? maybe they don't get as much ice time if they're not producing them. But mm-hmm. this team isn't one where you can, you know, sit back and you rely on two guys to do all your scoring. They got to score by committee. Yeah, They have to be, you know, strong by committee, you know, tough by committee. They don't have that one player who can, you know, dominate a game and score all these goals or, you know, be the toughest guy on the ice or in the league. They've got to do it collectively as a group. And I think... They, the, the guys who are making the most money put a lot of pressure on themselves. Mm-hmm. And you see that. And sometimes that takes them out of their normal game where they're trying to do a little too much, a little extra. Make, yeah. the, make the perfect pass instead of shooting the puck and grinding out and get some greasy goals. You know, There's nothing wrong with a greasy goal. A goal's a goal. Uh, yeah. I, I want to talk about the, uh, the poker tournament uh, you're involved in, the um, foundation created by Theo Fleury, the Breaking Free Foundation. I want to ask you about your poker game. Um, do you have a poker face? Uh, do you have a tell that you don't maybe that you know you're aware of? Like, how do you read a player? Or like, tell yeah, that you yeah. want to tell everybody? Here's what I do. If I, my yeah, one like, eye twitches, yeah, you know, I got a twitches. great hand. I start so, scratching yeah. my right, right palm, palm yeah, when I have a good yeah. hand. Like, like wh- where's your poker game at right now? My poker game is where it's always been not very good. Um, so that's I, a plus I'm about for people a, playing against yeah, you? I'm probably about an hour and a half type of guy. Like, if the game could end in an hour and a half or two hours, I could be, yeah, I might be okay. Yeah. But it's after that hour and a half, two hours, and even before that where you can really catch me on a few bad hands. But it's it's about focus, right? It's about focus, yeah. yeah. Patience, yeah. determination. Patience, discipline. Fortitude. Yeah. 
Yeah, it uh, it's not easy. Uh, tell I don't us. have the patience. Yeah, yeah well, again, it drives me nuts. Again, like fold, 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 yeah, fold. Yeah, again, yeah. you're not getting good hands. Fold, yeah. fold, fold, fold. And it's tough to you know keep folding all the time because you want to play. Yeah, exactly. Um, tell us about the uh, breaking free <laughs> foundation. Play with this two yeah, and the yeah. seven. Come yeah. on, let's go. <laughs> yeah, it's offsuit. Yeah. Uh, tell us, uh, tell us about the breaking free foundation. So Theo and Amber Craig started. It helps people deal with trauma, and there's all different types of trauma. We we don't uh, judge which trauma is more mm-hmm. and which is less, and what our uh, foundation does, we help people deal with it. So we have a couple different things that we do. One, we have meetups where it's sort of peer-to-peer. And the second thing we do is we give out grants, $750 grants for people to get proper uh, psychology or trauma treatment. Mm-hmm. And so we match the, we help trying to match the trauma up with the psychologist that could help that person. So, you know, with $750, you could get about three sessions and they can apply online. Right now, we have about 250 people in our waiting list. Wow. Yeah, and so we're, uh, you know, we're a charitable organization. There's four of us that are on the board, and we're not paid. We're all volunteers. We have one person who does the books for us that, you know, we have to pay. And then, you know, obviously the legal fees and accounting fees. But everything that comes in, we try to nice. push out into these uh trauma grants is is this the big fundraiser are there some other ones coming up as well because we this is one of our this is you know we've started this poker tournament again we had it many years ago but we just started it and so we're calling this you know the first annual at uh, ace airport casino and the Mm -hmm. the people at ace have been unbelievable you know bet 99 is helping out but i know we're not allowed to talk about that so um but uh you know kip Lindsay and that group has been great helping us out so uh, we have a golf tournament each year, and then we have a wood sale, and then we have a, oh, a yes. few smaller events that we do that, you know, you raise $1,000 or $1,500, but you know what? That can help somebody. Mm-hmm. For sure. And our whole belief is, you know, if we can help one person, uh, we've done a great job. And we feel that our program has helped a lot of people, and we just keep doing it, you know. And, is you know, we'd love to raise more money, but uh, we have to be reasonable about it, too, and... Uh, but this is a, a big fundraiser for us. It's two hundred and seventy-five dollars, which is a lot. But you know, for people who play poker or want to, you know, donate and have a fun time, this yeah. is great. You get a meal with it, and uh, you know, it says on the thing Asian buffet. And my one of my nephews goes, "Hey, you had me at Asian buffet." Yeah, there you <laughs> go. Bingo. Uh, where can they donate? Uh, you can donate on uh, Breaking Free Foundation. That's where you can make a donation to the Breaking Free Foundation. And then, if you want to sign up for the tournament, you can either go there or to East Casinos and look at the Airport Casino and uh, and sign up there. It would be great. It'd be great to have a lot of people there. Uh, the Breaking Free Foundation Poker Tournament this Saturday at the Ace Airport Casino it is a 3 p.m. start. Colin Patterson, uh, member of the '89 Stanley Cup winning. Calgary Flames. Uh, thanks for jumping in studio. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, thanks for having me. You guys and really uh, good. I'm a little disappointed you didn't wear the ring. Yeah, you know what? I, I, I don't wear it very often. I usually wear it for events. Uh, but, mm. you know, yeah, I don't blame us. We're just a couple schlubs anyway. You probably <laughs> yeah. shouldn't have worn it anyway. <laughs> no. uh, thanks for this. Uh, again, uh, the Breaking Free Foundation Poker Tournament this Saturday at Ace Airport Casino. Straight ahead, your chance to win a $50 gift card from VK Bruco as we play Impossible Flames Trivia. It's the big show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Oh, hi there. Live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio, it's the big show, Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960, the fan. Um, if you missed our conversation with Colin Patterson, number one, shame on you. Number two, check out the podcast, Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon. Some really good stuff on the day of game six. 
when the Flames won their first and only Stanley Cup championship. Oh, I forgot to tell them that, yeah, they should totally be awarding the Cup in late May. I will never deviate from that take. I wholeheartedly believe that. They were talking about this on uh, 32 Thoughts, I want to say like three or four episodes ago. And uh, another big thing is that if you move the season up, you get more head-to-head with the NFL, which nobody likes. None of the North American leagues like more head-to-head with the NFL. Because you have to take into account that, you know, we're already week six, week seven by the time the hockey season starts. Okay. What do you I mean, mean, you can avoid what Sundays. Do you, what do you, you don't have to play on Sunday. Well, Thursday or Monday destroys everything that you're trying to do. Yeah, but the, well. NFL, the NFL's king. It doesn't even matter. Like, I'm just telling you why they're doing it. Okay. I'm, I'm just, I just think that's just a... I think it's just a soft excuse. because Yeah, they're all soft excuses from the NHL. They yeah. always are. <laughs> well, that's true. They can Categorically, every single yeah. time. International play, soft excuses. Change of schedule, soft excuses. Yeah. Playoff format. Pride tape. Everything. Again, like I... Middle of September, I'm, I'm ready to watch hockey. Just move it up a couple weeks. That's all I ask. It's not hard, people. I mean, hell, they, they I mean, it's not hard. They awarded. We can't even move the draft an extra day away from free agency. So, <laughs> but I mean, like, but, but that's the problem here. Like, we can't move the draft an extra day from free agency. So now we have to totally ruin the NHL draft from now until forever, yeah. which and is also, great. Awesome. And also, Incredible. when you do it in great June, great job, NHL. You just joke. You're going head to head with the NBA finals in June, too. Yeah, but they you always. Yeah, yeah, but you always. Go you don't have to if you go in May. That's what well, I mean. I'd rather go against NBA Finals than six more weeks of I mean, the NFL. When yeah, was the, the NHL? The first, That's the early season hockey, anyway. The first when playoffs was the, is when you you want all the eyes on your league. But I would also argue that the crossover between, like, if you're comparing the four major sports, a crossover of fans, the least would be NBA and NHL, as far as eyes and someone having to yeah. make a decision which sport. Most of those people aren't saying. Those are 1A and 1B for me. That's usually your 1 or your 4 or right. vice versa. Yeah, that's fine. And that's just because the NHL and the NBA schedule have ran parallel to each other for forever. Yeah. Like, and NBA has always just been way ahead of the NHL, 19- and they're just going to stay that way. 92 is the first year that the uh, Stanley Cup final made its way into June. Mm-hmm. The 92 final was May 26th to June 1st. Yeah. Uh, 93, June 1st to 9th. 94, uh, that was a lockout year. Or no, that wasn't a lockout. lockout year. was next year, but that was May 31st to June 14th. 95 was a lockout year, so that was a June Ugh, 17th, June 24th. Uh, so yeah, it kind of like, it's been in that early June window. Like, I remember like, 04, I mean, the cup final was awarded June 6th. Yeah. I think. So. Just saying. They could move it up. If they, if you start a hard start on an October 1st day, you'll be awarding the cup before the middle of June, okay. even with the bye week. Yeah. Trade deadlines right around Super Bowl week. Yeah. We're already, uh, no, it would be ahead of it. It would be. It's pretty close right now. It's well, like, the deadlines well, this year is March 3rd. Now in the middle of February, February now, right? It's and not the, the first Sunday anymore. Yeah, and the deadline the, used to be late February, yeah, yeah. and now but, it's late March. The deadline has March, nothing. March, yeah, yeah, the Super Bowl and the deadline. Like, the deadline's on, like, We could talk about moving up the trade Wednesday deadline a little know, bit, but then yeah. that also... I'm really is. reaching for devil's advocate yeah. stuff here. Like, <laughs> like, it just makes no sense. I'm no. just saying, we're all ready to watch hockey in the middle of September. Cut down the preseason a little bit. Do what, well, I'm not saying do what the NFL did, but cut down the preseason a little bit. Drop the puck middle of September. That's all I'm asking. 
and get it done by because here where we live in Canada and 80% of the revenues generated by the Canadian teams in the league. And I get all of that, but we could people in Canada. If your team's not involved, they just don't want to watch hockey in June. They just don't want to end it in May, late May. Weather's nice. People want to be outside ended in late May. That's all I'm saying. The weather's nice in late May too. It is. But it's very little different from mid-June to late May. I've been here in May in Calgary. Sometimes the weather isn't the best. It was outstanding in May last year. What are you talking about? I don't know. I don't remember. That was, you're just talking out of your ass. Well, <laughs> I do that a lot on this show. Um, but yeah, award that thing in late May. Like Colin Patterson lifted the cup. Calgary Flames way back when in 89. Uh, check out the interview. Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon. All right. Um, it's that time of the week. It's Wednesday. It's 8.30-ish. Let's it's, do it. It's your chance to win uh, a gift card courtesy of our friends. I think I already FAK have one Brook. in the names. Oh, really? Yeah, I All got right. one already. Fire it up, GVP. Get your thinking caps ready because it's time for George Russick to deliver today's Impossible Flames trivia question. No boy. Um, Impossible <laughs> Flames. Why does he just like trail off at the end there too? Uh, <laughs> Impossible Flames trivia is brought to you by Veranda. He's, he doesn't really put his heart into that one, does he? Uh, a friendly farm-to-table restaurant featuring craft beer and spirits from in-house Vacay Bruco and Burwood Distillery. Yeah, I'm not doing it again. What's fine? Uh, 2566 Flanders Avenue Southwest and on Instagram at Veranda YYC. Went off last week. Don't have to do it again. It's yeah, fine. you were a little bitter last week when you heard that. It was slightly ornery. You were angry. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is how it works. I give you three current or former members of the Calgary Flames. Mm. You got to find the connection between the three. And if you do, on the text line at 960-960, you got to put your name and location to win. And you haven't won in the past 30 days. You win a $50 gift card to vacate Bruco and some swag. It's that simple. It's that easy. Wow. Sounds so easy. It tell is. Me, tell me what my prize can be. I just did. I was writing down hints. No, not you. Um, are you ready for the three names? Born ready. Um, the first one is Elias Victor Zebulon Lindholm. Zebulon. Zebulon, sorry. Uh, is a Swedish professional ice hockey player and alternate captain of your Calgary Flames of the NHL. He was selected by the Carolina Hurricanes in the first round, fifth overall of the 13 draft. Spent five seasons with them. He is the youngest Swedish-born player to score a goal. Ooh. Really? Yeah. Well, he's 18, I guess. Yeah, he made yeah, the league. He was he's right after he was drafted. Yeah. He was playing in the NHL after See, his He learned draft. something on Impossible Flames trivia What sometime. was his other middle name? Not Victor. 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 Uh, Lindholm uh, started playing hockey in Hanover, Germany at the age of three oh. while his father was playing for the Hanover Scorpions. Oh, that's a good name. Yeah. Next was name. The DEL? German Elite? Yeah, mm-hmm. I think so. Mm-hmm. Uh, Johnny Goudreau. Oh. John Michael Goudreau was born on August 13th, 1993 and is an American professional ice hockey winger for the Columbus Blue Jackets of the National Hockey League. He won the Lady Bing Memorial Trophy as the NHL's most gentlemanly player for the 16-17 season. It's my wow. favorite award. Yeah. That's why I had to throw it in there. Mm. I love the Lady Bing. Mm. I think it's a great award. Gentlemanly. Um, in January, He's tw- a nice boy. In January 2015, Goudreau filed a trademark application for the nickname Johnny Hockey mm. in both Canada and the U.S. due to concerns people would abuse his nickname for their own marketing game. How could True. they? How could they? That's preposterous. Yeah. Unbelievable. Johnny Hockey. Yeah, do, he's do Johnny I, Hockey. Do I have to pay now? Like, is that how that works? Well, that's how it would work. Um, and the final name is Travis Hamanick. 
Oh, I thought it was. I thought we were gonna have um, Patter in here. Nope. Uh, oh. Travis Hamanick was born on August 16th, 1990, and is a Canadian professional ice hockey defenseman for the Ottawa Senators of the NHL. He was drafted 53rd overall by the New York Islanders in the 08 draft. On June 24, 2017, Hamanick was traded to the Flames along with a conditional fourth-round pick from the Islanders for a first-round draft pick. You know who they drafted? Who? Noah Dobson? Yeah. Yeah, I know. That's a tough one. Actually, I knew Woo. that. Yeah. And two second-round draft picks. <laughs> Noah Dobson's only averaging like 26 minutes of ice time. So what? Island, He's a 50 so. to 55-point guy here yeah, okay. in the 2018 yeah, NHL draft. Punch me in the face. Uh, Hamannick, who is a, a uh, Métis ancestry, grew up in the Hamannick Farms in Manitoba, oh, mostly mellow. farming with his dad and at an age of five, discovered ice hockey. Oh, wow. The ham dog. There you go. Johnny Goudreau. The G-Dog. Travis Hamannick. The Bing-Dog? Elias Lindholm. Lindog. All have something in common. Hmm. Well, what do we have here? Well, here's the thing. Johnny Gaudreau was acquired via draft. He was a fourth, fifth round pick? Fourth. Fourth round pick? Yeah, something like that. Mm-hmm. Hamannick. Now, that's a trade with an Eastern Conference team. Yeah, Lindholm. That's a trade with an Eastern Conference team. Mm-hmm. Hmm, so we have two trades. Mm. We have one draft. We have what? An American, a Swede, and a Canadian. Yep. So that's not going to really be helpful. We have two forwards and a defenseman. So right. that's not really helpful. Um. The. They were all traded. Uh, you ready for hit number one? Yeah, I go, okay. Yeah, that's a good place to go. Let's um, go you know I like to play one. some movie clips. Oh, sure. I do love the film. Uh, this movie was uh, very dark. Oh. Very, very dark. Which... Good movie, but just dark. Okay. Um, why don't we play a clip from uh, The Joker, oh. GVP? Me? I'm awful? Oh, yeah? How am I awful? <laughs> Playing my video. Inviting me on the show. You just wanted to make fun of me. Yeah. Ooh. Such a dark movie. It made my skin crawl. That entire scene just freaked me out. Yeah. You just wanted to make fun of me. <laughs> oh, um, The Joker starring Joaquin Phoenix. Very, very good film. Very dark. Very, very dark. There's your first clue. The Joker starring... Uh, Joaquin Phoenix. <laughs> all right, guys. So for all the listeners that haven't played this fun game before, mm-hmm. I have played this fun game before. Yeah. And one of the things that we should look to with the Joker film is the year that the film came oh! out. Oh! Because this is usually the relevance. It usually has nothing to do with the film, but George just finds a year, and then he picks a movie he liked from the year, and then mm. he just plays a clip as an excuse to play a clip from said film, mm. which by all means have had her. Uh, I I can deduce here from using the interwebs. The Joker came out in 2019. Whoa! Okay, you might be onto something there, Rose. Now, as someone who's played this game before, listeners, when they make that sound effect, it means that I've uncovered something that might be getting us closer. Mm, So in 2019, what we got to do here now is we're going to go a little maybe uh, Lindholm. In 2019, uh, we do a little game log on hockey reference. Uh, Colin here. from Rosemary. They were all conceived east of Calgary. Oh. Uh, that's that's correct, but not what I'm looking for. Well, you could also go west to get to Sweden. You you could. It'd be a long way, but you yep. could. 
Um, Devin and Calgary, uh, all of their wives hate Calgary. I don't know about that one. Uh, Allie and Chestamere, all their fathers share the same name. Ooh, that's a good guess, but not what I'm looking for. Um, Tom and Cedar Bray, uh, they all scored their first goals against the Stars. Ooh. Oh, uh, Chris, oh. you are right. They all did play with the Flames in the 2019 season. Uh, they all played for the Flames. Yeah, but that's what I'm looking for. I'm not looking for that. Now, the sound you made with the Dallas Stars, that's interesting oh. to me. Let me see if they played against the Dallas Stars in mm. 2019. Are you ready for oh. hit number two? I'm just looking here to see if they played the Dallas Stars in 2019. Are you ready for... I found a game. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, do your thing. Uh, hit sure. number two. Okay. Nature is not a place to visit. It is home. That's from Gary Snyder. <laughs> Nature is not a place to visit. It is home. A famous quote from Gary Snyder. It 960, is. 960, 960, name and location. Gee, I heard GV. What were you, what were you murmuring over well, there? Very sensible quote. Yeah, you're, you're right. It is a sensible quote. It's home. 960, 960, name and location. Okay, guys. Travis Hamanick, Johnny Goudreau. Elias Lindholm. I'll have something in common. Now, here's the thing, guys. As someone who's played this game before, what I can tell you is that we should try and find where Gary Schneider was born. Oh! Because I've never heard of this guy in my life before, which usually means that he's some random celebrity from some random town that I've never heard of, and there's some sort of link there. Okay. Um, Except he was born in East London, South Africa which does not move the needle for me at all. Yeah. Um, But he does strive to marry art and science, identity and obscurity, figuration and abstraction, the carnal and the spiritual. So I don't know what that means. That sounds like a whole lot of nonsense to me, frankly. Uh, He went to Cape Town. That's where he was raised. He um, was got his MFA from Pratt Institute in Brooklyn. Okay. Okay. I don't know if that's going to help at all. Uh, He had some of his work at Harvard. Okay. Are you ready for hit number three? I don't know. This help didn't help. Okay, sure. Go ahead. I don't know what. No, I think it just led you down the wrong rabbit hole. Did I get? uh, Did I get snake oiled? Um. Did I? Did I I get David spaded? Oh, Uh, Sean. Sean and Lethbridge. He's got. He's go look at the text. He's, He's. It's in and around that game. Oh, Sean and Lethbridge. He says they all scored in the Heritage Classic against the Jets in 2019. Ooh, Sean, that's a good guess. Uh, hit Look number, around that calendar, around that hit day. number three. It's pronounced classic in 2019. Raleigh. Outside of it's pronounced Raleigh, not rally. It's Raleigh, not rally. Raleigh. Yeah, that's the town that's in it's Carolina. It's pronounced Raleigh. Research Triangle, not rally. Raleigh. Raleigh. Oh, really? Raleigh. Raleigh, Charlotte, Durham. The Research oh. Triangle, all the universities, they're all very, very smart. In that Interesting. Yes. 960, 960, name and location. Elias Lindholm. Oh, that Travis was the Hamannick, one again, in Regina. Out, out in Regina. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember that. The Hitman and played Johnny a game Goudreau. out there. Johnny Goudreau. Yeah, yeah. Too. All have okay. something in common. We're playing Impossible Flames trivia with your chance to win a $50 gift card from Vacay oh, Ruko. game right here. Okay. And some swag, courtesy of them. Um, you ready for hint number four? They've all been in Gary Schneider's kitchen. No, Steve. <laughs> I can't <laughs> confirm nor deny that, to be honest Wait, with you. We got, uh, no, uh, uh, we got Chris Wynn. We got Raleigh in California. Raleigh? No, I don't know. Why, Chris why, is close. Why did Carolina come up? Hint number four. You ready, Matt Rose? Yeah, sure. 
Sure. Uh, hint number one, I played a clip from the Joker. Yeah. Uh, hint number two, I gave you a really nice quote from Gary Snyder. Nature is not a place to visit. It is home. Oh, so that was relative to the outdoor game. Gary Snyder's hint number three. Don't think about was, South Africa, guys. It's pronounced Raleigh, not rally. Raleigh. Rally. Hint number four. Rally is like a car. Uh, DA Darren Andrew points. We got a winner. Oh, what? Brian and Chaparral, they all they scored and assisted in the only goal against the Hurricanes on October 29th, 19, 2019. The game after the Jets. The game after the outdoor classic. Congratulations. Brian and Chaparral. Uh, Brian from Chaparral, you won a $50 gift card to, va- uh, to Vacay Bruco wow. and some swag. Curtis of our good friends at Vacay Bruco in Burwood Distillery. Uh, all of those players scored a point in the game where the Flames lost to the Hurricanes the day, the game after they played the Heritage Classic in 2019 against the Winnipeg Jets. I was so close. Two one loss. I was yep. so close. I like how I throw a clue your way that gives you a clue but also leads you Such down the wrong South path. Africa. <laughs> yeah, in South Africa. Um, congratulations. Well. Uh, you won a $50 gift card courtesy of our good friends. At VK Bruco. Impossible Flames Trivia is brought to you by Veranda, a friendly farm to table restaurant featuring craft beer and spirits from AK uh, in oh my goodness. <laughs> from in house VK Bruco and Burwood Distillery. Bud. Yep. Uh 2566 Flanders Avenue Southwest and on Instagram at Veranda YYC. I made it through. Good job. Um, I'm going to make my way over to Veranda. Yeah, it's delicious. Uh, what do you got coming up on Mucho? Well, we're going to talk some Dallas Stars with Owen Newkirk, uh, Stars Radio host over on The Ticket down in Dallas-Fort Worth. Uh, tomorrow, we'll break down the Flames and Stars. Please, is this be a, a watchable game tonight? <laughs> that, game, that game against the Blues, that was not watchable. Yeah. Uh, that, was a, that was a tough watch. Dallas looks good this year. Um, is Jake Ottinger playing? Uh, we'll ask, find I'm going to find out. They're, they're in Edmonton tomorrow, so who knows? Um, yeah, we'll break that down. And by the way, uh, 8 o'clock, fingers crossed, looks like it's going to happen. But you never know with logistics. Well, either way, Eric Francis will be at 8 o'clock. Joey Jaws Chestnut in studio oh. tomorrow at 8 o'clock. <laughs> I thought you meant tonight. I was like, I can't, I can't do 8 o'clock tonight. I can't okay. do well, I got a hockey game to watch. <laughs> yeah. Um, tomorrow's going to be super fun around here. Yeah. We have the world champ in studio, mm-hmm. the world champion, the goat, the greatest of all out. time. Get your tickets. Not yeah. sold out yet. Pizza pig out. Get it. I think it is sold out. It is sold out? I think so. Oh, yeah, my God. It is, bro. Oh, my God. Joey Chestnut sold out. there. He draws the peaks, man. I thought there might have been like 10 bro, tickets left. I don't know. Year, um, all right. Uh, that's it for us. Uh, Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon, wherever you get your favorite podcatcher. Uh, if you missed the Colin Patterson, you should tune in. A lot of insights on the day of mm-hmm. winning the Stanley Cup uh, game six. In Montreal. It's it for us. Uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow. Joey Chestnut Day. We're all pumped up. Have a terrific hump day. Bye. Bye. Sit, Ubu. Sit. Good dog.